0: Campbell's Food Service knows you have a lot to balance at your senior living operation. Our soups are crafted with ingredients you'd be proud to serve, and we have options for diets like reduced sodium, gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan. Find your balance at campbellsfoodservice.com. Sponsored by Campbell's Food Service. Baby Boomers will be entering senior living communities in large numbers in the years ahead, and these newcomers bring with them a whole different set of dining demands and food preferences. They've been exposed to many global cuisines, are eager to go in a more plant-forward direction, and have more flexible eating styles overall. Listen as Senior Editor Pat Kobe speaks with four experienced senior living chefs. Steve Plusha, Executive Chef at Penswood Village, Ryan McNulty, Corporate Executive Chef with Kira Hospitality, Eric Eisenberg, Director of Dining Services at Rogue Valley Manor, and Hagop Pagopian, Executive Chef at the Clare, to see how they're changing up their menus to accommodate these tastes of younger residents.
1: Chef Plesha, how do the dining demands of the newer and often younger senior living residents differ from those of the older crowd?
2: Wow, um, where do we begin? It's really, truly, it's really even advanced farther in the last six years. Um, some of the bullet points would be... Um, Food sourcing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: eco-friendly products and sustainability, that's starting to really be a really big one, the eco-friendly products. You know, this whole straw thing, paper and plastic is just part of it. Right. A sustainable aquaculture, definitely a huge, huge one when it comes to different from the older crowd. And that also includes sustainable food sources. Where am I getting these meats from, et mm-hmm. cetera. Not only that, is how are they being harvested? How are they being harvested being, whether it's slaughtered or how they're fished, what type they're fished, is it net, is it long line, what coast they're from, examples. A big change of the plate, which I, if I may say, I'm a big part of. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we're trying to make that plate into three quarter vegetables and one quarter protein. You know, that old food pyramid um, is definitely good, it's changing. Right. Choices choices and choices, Pat. More and more Mm -hmm. choices, I need to get much more choices in there that they definitely, not that they don't enjoy good turkey, they don't enjoy a good piece of prime rib, but you know, we need to get more diversity in, 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 our, in our choices and, and how and how we do
1: them. Right, so can you mention a couple of uh, specific menu items that you've introduced that kind of address these demands?
2: I sure can, and, and I'll bring up two ones that I'm very, very proud of, uh, I must say. Um, I don't know of any other facility right now, um, that's a, 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 a retirement community. Uh, I'm buying what we call now Omega-3 chicken. Uh, Omega-3 chicken is from Western Pennsylvania here by the Amish. And it's about 20 independent farmers that got together. And what they have done is, is they changed the feed. And the feed, so being marigold and soy, is now flaxseed is the major ingredient. So, for instance, a bone-in chicken thigh uh, might have had, oh, you know, as far as omega-3s, 200, 210. Uh, The omega-3 chicken that we're buying now, again, that's a bone-in chicken, is 1,200. Wow. It's more than five times the amount of omega-3s. So someone who is an officiator Um, Can it still get their omega-3s through our chicken? And I'm I'm very, very proud of that. And that's something that I brought on about six months ago. I've been working with the butcher. Uh, There's a lead time I need to get ahead. Um, It's just not only that, it's it's halal slaughtered also. So it wears a couple hats for me.
1: That's great. So are your um, residents aware of that? Do you market it? To them big
2: big time that's a great question pat and yes that's a big part of my job to go out there and sell that uh the ceo has had me at meetings uh three four times a year i do what they call a chef steed live in any auditorium where we invite our residents and then i give lectures on new trends and what things are happening in, in the industry and, and that is something we definitely definitely advertise. Um, actually, our marketing, when we have people come in from marketing to, to look at our facility, that's one of the things we bring up. Mm-hmm. Uh, another item that I brought in recently that's different from the older crowd, if you may say, is a Jail Island salmon.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this salmon comes from the Fundy Bay, and uh, there's only one purveyor here in Philadelphia area that has that, and I buy that exclusively from him. And what they do is um, they actually return some of their profit back into the Fundy bay uh, uh, area and, and as a result in the last two years they've had more salmon come back in the last two years than they had in the last 20. so it's starting to work wow um, that's a big conservation point um it's a great selling point for me again jail island salmon uh tremendous even their packaging pat mm-hmm. is um eco-friendly
1: mm, that's super
2: yeah. So that's another another thing that uh, that I would say is a big part of our living with these younger residents as opposed to the older ones.
1: Right, and so let's talk a little bit about the plant-forward dishes that you're doing. Can you just give me an example of you know what co- one combination that you're offering that shows off the vegetables in the center of the plate?
2: Oh, uh, no, no doubt about it. And I can give you more than a comp. And I started. Um, uh, uh, looking at my menus and I you know I gave myself kudos I'll give you some examples um these are like the examples I've given you these are actually entree based so this would be the main part of the plate as you said mm-hmm. um, a sweet potato chili we make uh, a homemade falafel burger a vegan moussaka mm-hmm. a very popular um actually follow Julia Child's recipe but we replaced it uh, a root vegetable bourguignon
1: yeah mm-hmm. uh, <laughs>
2: yeah it's, it's delicious we have to do a date quinoa salad we do a, a shredded carrot ginger pancake with an asian dipping sauce a farro with the roasted tomatoes and honey and garlic um, just some of the ideas a middle eastern lentil salad again these would be our entrees uh-huh. the very one that's a little bit labor intense but this seems to go over well is a uh, uh stuffed shells but we stuff it with ratatouille. ratatouille mm,
1: wow you're that's very a, creative a,
2: as a, thank you very much. No. As, 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 as far as a, 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 a vegetable. The meat analogs, um, what we have done is, I haven't gone the Impossible Burger, which to my left is in our freezer waiting for me, and, I, and I've experimented with
1: it. So are the baby boomers, you mentioned Middle Eastern um, cuisine a little bit, but are baby boomers more adventurous about trying different global flavors?
2: immensely so i would say double digits so then again like i've been here a short 14 years but i've seen the changes in the last six immensely oh uh, no doubt about it so right now on my particular what we call the winter cycle you know we change uh, we run a 32 a 35 day cycle here and then it, it repeats and then we change it with the seasons um right now we have about 9 to 11 different countries on there we have a vietnamese pho we do a mediterranean grain stuffed chicken I actually get olives imported from Israel, and I have an Israeli chicken thigh. It's done with capers and prunes and Israeli olives. Uh, we do a tremendous with the omega-3 chicken. Now we do an Indian-style chicken that's marinated 24 days in yogurt and ginger and garlic with cumin. Uh, we do an Israeli salad. We also have, of course, you know, some of the classic Mexican dishes. Uh, right now we have. Uh, Hungary's is on the menu. We have a Hungarian uh, potato soup that we make. is really excellent with the whole egg. and
3: mm-hmm. We also
2: do a smoked kassel rib, which is a nice German dish at this time of year at Christmas. Mm-hmm. So right, I'd say now between 9 and 11 different uh, countries. Uh, we definitely enjoy our Japanese friends. We do a lot with them also.
1: Yeah. So are some of the older residents into this too, or is it mostly the newcomers that are into the global cuisines?
2: And that's what we try to stress. If you're not uh-huh. sure, try it. And, you know, uh-huh. if you don't like it, send something
4: back.
1: So, how about um, grab and go foods? Is are those becoming more popular rather than? Uh, I know that uh, seniors have really flexible schedules now. They want to do more activities. So, are you doing more grab and go and fewer, um, you know, set meals, or is it a good balance?
2: I was going to say our grab-and-go is starting to to pick up. Um, It's not as much as as you might think it is in our facility. Um, Like We don't have a, uh, a, um, a, per se, a bar here, but generally there's something available for them to eat besides the hours of 2 and 4, and even though there's grab-and-go there. uh, Most of our residents here are independent, so Mm -hmm. they they still do a lot of cooking for themselves.
1: Let's just talk a little bit about what you're planning for 2020 to end up the... Podcast.
2: Oh, well, we'll definitely continue on the path we're on. I, I kind of feel when we, we look at some other uh, communities that we're already uh, on a little bit on the cutting edge in some of these things and continue uh, continue the course. I mean, plant-based proteins is going to be big. Uh, the vegetarian-based is also big. Continue with our grains, the farro, the frica, the bulgur, mm-hmm. the couscous. The ethnic cuisine to t- keep taking them up notches from the Indian and the Vietnamese. We're going to continue that. We're looking, I'm looking into actually another product that I'm trying to get that was developed for the army. Ooh. And that's an eggs that are high in omega-3. And again, high in omega-3 we're talking about uh, uh, almost a uh, uh, hundred times more omega-3 than a regular egg, believe it or not. Wow. Another future that we're going into, and, and, and since we are still dealing with meats and 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 they're still part of us and we don't want to throw the you know the baby out with the bathwater type thing but what we're doing is we're stepping them up a notch examples would be um just a regular report we're going to go up to a we do a duroc pork loin Mm -hmm. um instead of doing just a a regular rib we're going into the, the hereford line um the upscale fishes um Fishes that are literally coming out of the water, you know, 48 hours before we get them. And We're lucky to live around the Jersey coast, so we do some some great things with fish here. the The blended burgers are going to continue. The uh, and then um, some of our some of our unique items, like bison burger, which we bring on the menu, and uh, uh, items like that. Um, we're looking at the goose and, and some different mm. type of fowl that are not so much regularly used. So I'm going to continue that in, in the future and. Uh, uh, I put them on the menus and see how they go. Sometimes things start a little slow The natural grass fed. I mean, that's still a bigger part of us here. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to have these proteins, what I'm suggesting is we do it like an upscale. We have a little bit less red meat on our plate, but the meat we do have, we're going to make uh, more top of the line.
1: Great. Well, thanks so much, Chef Steve. I really appreciate your input. Well, Pat,
2: I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Jeff McNulty, so how do the dining demands of the newer and often younger senior living residents differ from those of the older crowd?
4: Well, to start, I think the older crowd is much more traditional in their food and dining choices, where the younger crowd is more willing to expand their palates and, and frankly, they expect more options. Um, you know, we deliver a, a unique five star experience, and, and most of our, in our communities. So we're adapting and preparing for the new senior, where formality uh, isn't quite as relevant. Uh, mm-hmm. Although we're still holding true to those those um, standards, we're, we're creating some more um, less formal dining areas, transitioning to smaller cafes and bistro-like environments to appeal to the newer residents.
1: Right. So are there specific dishes that you're um, gearing towards the younger crowd? Uh, like, are they looking for more plant-based options?
4: Um, they, honestly, they aren't. Um, now, in some of the newer models that we're working with clients, it's more of a scatter system uh, or a food court style where they have a lot more choices with a lot more daily specials.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And that, that gives us the chance to influence them and add some more plant-based options. But we're not selling it as plant-forward or plant-based. We're simply supplementing some of the animal protein with more plant or vegetable protein choices.
1: Right. So, are are there specific dishes you can uh, describe that do this, or that, you know, are some of the newer dishes that you introduced with the younger crowd coming in?
4: Um, Well, you know, I I talked about uh, the plant-based, and we're also trying to influence them with more. Um, globally inspired flavor profiles. Mm-hmm. So we did a, a, a chicken tikka flatbread that was really, really nice and they seemed to enjoy that with some nice greens on top. Um, and then we did a dish the other night at one of our accounts in the restaurant. It was just a simple grilled flank steak with chimichurri, which was foreign to some people, but once they there was um, some dialogue with the chef and he educated the residents on what it was, they really embraced it. Um, so, so with those kind of items, we would then add some some more roasted or grilled vegetables, some some grains. We're introducing the ancient grains as well, and pilaf mm-hmm. styles or tagine. So we're making small changes, um, not to scare them too much.
1: Right. So are your uh, dining facilities set up like restaurants or um, regular sit-down dining halls, or is there a combination of those kind of?
4: There, there, yeah, there's a combination. Mm-hmm. We have memory care, we have assistant living, independent living, and we also have. Um, full-service restaurants, and then cafes and retail operations as well.
1: Right. So you mentioned the cafes a couple of times. So what kind of food do they serve there? Are they geared more to flexible mealtimes and, you know, more like a drop-in kind of eating experience?
4: Yes. Most of them are open for a a breakfast service where we start with Continental and then do, um, you know, entrees to order. And then that goes into... uh, lunch with artisanal style sandwiches, soups made to order, made from scratch. Um, So a lot of uh, really nice uh, lunch. We have a lot of uh, lunch entree, salad as well, noodle bowls, grain bowls. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course the dinner transition. Now the cafes have lighter fare for dinner and then the dining rooms will have the the, uh, more traditional style of service.
1: Right. So do you uh, prepare grab and go items as well for the cafes? We do.
4: Um, that's a huge initiative of ours. we made some great strides in the last couple of years. Uh, we have a lot of nice high-protein snack items that the residents seem to enjoy. Parfaits, and again, the, the higher-end sandwiches, and entree salads as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you think the uh, younger residents are snacking more? Or they're looking for more flexible meal mealtimes? So I, I know they're very active, So especially in the independent living um, facilities. So... Is this something that's a demand at this point?
4: It is, and, and some of the residents still work, and, and as you said, they travel quite a bit, um, so they get to see things. They, they've they been to a, a lot of metropolitan areas. Some of them are, are world travelers, so mm-hmm. they come back to us and say this is what we think might work here, and, and then we certainly um, start to build programs off of some of their needs and requests.
1: Right. Have their travels inspired any, like, global items or incorporating global ingredients? You mentioned, mentioned chimichurri and uh, also the chicken tikka, but are there other, um, you know, dishes that are inspired by their travels?
4: Yeah, we're working with um, one of our newer clients on a, a tapa style menu, and some of the residents are from um, South America, Latin America, or Spain, so we came up with a, um, a plan for vegetable paella which went over really really well mm. so we'll take some of that inspiration and work it into our menus
1: great so i know that you have bars in some of the um, facilities as well what kind of um you know beverage and food offerings are you putting out at the bar
4: uh, most of the bars are transitions in the evening meal periods, um, and we'll a lot of times, a few times, well, a couple times a week at least, we'll have a um, um, happy hour menu, mm-hmm. and the chef will prepare some nice canapés or hors d'oeuvres or some butlered items, and then for the more traditional service, where the bars are open um, for extended periods of time, we'll have traditional bar snacks coming out of the kitchen as well.
1: Right. And uh, the, the bars, I imagine, serve cocktails, wine, and beer. Are there like, are, are the residents into some of the you know, craft cocktails as well?
0: Yeah.
4: In a lot of our higher-end uh, facilities, they do get into They have specialty drinks. And in a, um, a trend that's coming along, and we have in a few facilities, is where they have bar lockers. Oh. Where it's a, it's a beautiful mahogany kind of locker room setup where um, the residents can keep all of the, the alcohol and spirits that they'd like in that, and then they can take that out and have their own little cocktail reception or rent down some space at the bar for friends and family. Mm-hmm. So that's a trend that um, I see um, in the future expanding quite a bit. And then we can certainly supplement them with some the nice, again, butler drawers or canapes.
1: Right. So as we move into 2020, what are some of the things that you'll be introducing? I know that Chef's plan, you know, several months ahead. Are there new items coming down the pike that you can talk about?
4: Um, One of the plans we're we're really focusing on is before we take giant steps forward, we really still want to promote culinary training and education and making sure we're developing our team members to – you know give the best quality of food and service to our guests so um you know to keep up with the trends and, and sticking with that culinary development comfort food is still king mm-hmm. regardless of what the trends are but we're looking at a lot of creative ways to take comfort items and put a really mm-hmm. uh, modern or contemporary twist on them right you know roasted pork loin is huge in our retirement community mm-hmm. so one of the things we worked on was without you know, giving them everything right in their face all at once where it can intimidate people. We did a a really mild rust, a whole new spice rub on the pork loin and then roasted it. And a lot of the residents really took to it because it was a different flavor profile, but it wasn't too aggressive for them. Right. So we're doing little changes like that.
1: Oh, cool. And so do you do do demos and that kind of thing too at the facility so that the, the residents become familiar with like new flavors through that?
0: We do. We do a
4: lot of sampling. We do teaching kitchens where the chefs will um, cook in front of the residents. A lot of our dietitians will support that. And in and, and a handful of our facilities, the higher-end ones, are we have very, very good chefs in our company. And they will um, do a, a chef's table mm-hmm. and put out three to five course dinners where oh. a dozen or so people can pay and, and add a charge. And then they get this evening of you know, great food and wine and, and service.
1: Is that something that you find the younger residents coming in or demanding or looking for? Not demanding, but, you know, just like requesting?
4: Yeah. <laughs> they are almost demanding at some points because they've they've grown in, in, in such popularity where they're booked two or three months out. Wow. Um, so that's a really big thing, especially with, you know, recruiting and we, we have to keep, um, all the residents happy, um, so it makes a huge difference when the food program is successful. Right. I think the one thing to to know was when I talked about gently adding the seasonings and different flavor profiles, um, one pro- program we're working on is, is noodle bowls and broth bowls, mm-hmm. and how to, how to gently infuse those broths with things like star anise and cinnamon and clove that they're not really used to in that style of um, food. So... Um, I'm excited about
1: that as well. Yeah, it sounds really great. Well, thank you very much, Chef McNulty. I really appreciate your input.
4: Thank you for your time.
1: So, Chef Eisenberg, how do the dining demands of the newer and often younger senior living residents differ from those of the older crowd?
5: Well, I'd say, Pat, that most uh, prevalent is the concept of flexitarianism, where uh, we have some real uh, staunch groups of vegans and some staunch groups of vegetarians who have very specific needs, but I would say that overall what I'm seeing is with the uh, residents in their late 60s to mid 70s, we're seeing uh, a real emergence of, and I'm sure this is no surprise, more plant-forward eating, not so much purely, uh, as I said, vegetarian or vegan eating, but really putting plants at the center of the plate and meat being more of the uh, accompaniment to that.
1: Yeah, I've been noticing
5: menus, that. Yeah. yeah, our menus are reflecting that, so we're making sure that we've got lots more um, plant-based options. And, and not necessarily analogs, but more grains, more vegetables, more uh more, more side dishes basically that um, don't involve uh, animal products
1: or proteins. Right. Can you describe a couple of the dishes that you've added that kind of reflect this trend?
5: Certainly. I mean, we uh, you know, we have all kinds of. We've looked at you know East India, so there's a lot of East Indian dishes where we're doing curries and uh, you know, North African and things that are more, that are focused on plants. Uh, putting plants at the center of the, uh, of the plate in full full entrees um, and really making those, you know, looking at other more ethnic cultures for one pot meal type uh, expressions of that, that type of cuisine. Uh, I would say that um, but, but also more importantly, is just offering more colors across, you I know, mean, we, we do still serve buffets in our, in our community, mm-hmm. so putting just more, more colors across the buffet that are enticing. So there's just more vegetable options, uh, more grain options, you know, more rices, starches and so on, just to give people more to choose from, uh, and build their own meal. Right. But certainly looking, looking at those, um, Know, Asian, African cultures to find ways to create interesting one pot meals that involve, uh, you know, where we'll see a grain, a legume, and vegetables, along with some very uh, interesting or aggressive seasoning to to bring it to life.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you you are based in the Northwest, is that correct? The Pacific Northwest? Yes, I'm.
5: Yeah, well, and, and my community is in Southern Oregon, so we're. Just, just across the, the, the California border. So we're really right there. We've got part of kind of that uh, Northern California vibe amongst our clientele.
1: Mm-hmm. So do you use a lot of, um, you have a lot of seasonal ingredients obviously available to you more so than someone in the colder climes or the East Coast. So do you use a lot of um, seasonal produce in these plant forward dishes?
5: Absolutely. we. You know, because we're we have a very large community, so we're a thousand residents, and we're you with know, we 600 employees, and a lot of special events and catering. We're doing a little over 3,000 meals a day, so it's a, there's a lot of food being produced. So it's kind of hard to work with smaller farms to get the kinds of volumes that we need on a regular basis. But we do have sort of a middle range, you know, mid-sized farm nearby. Um, that we do a lot of work with them. They, they have a, a nice rotational crop from uh, mostly corn in the summer, then lots of nice, you know, moving to the end of the summer, early fall, lots of nice different squashes. They also do summer squashes, zucchini, and yellow squash, and so on. So we do a lot of work with them. We've got a small-ish farm that is has uh, turned their rotational crops over to uh, they're they're doing only grains and rices right now. So and then they dry them. So we were able to actually utilize from this small farm nearby, Dunbar Farms, uh, a real nice array of of legumes and uh, rices uh, as well as some grains from from them. Uh, and they're actually they're right down the road from our from our community. Oh, that's like, literally great. A mile
3: away.
1: Yeah,
5: it's really cool. Um, and then on top of that, we do have a, a pretty robust growers market um, in Medford. Mm-hmm. And uh, every Thursday uh, in season, we do a, um, one of our residents' favorite nights is pasta bar night. And uh, we get all kinds of wonderful wild mushrooms, vegetables, herbs, um all kinds of great stuff that we put on the pasta for every Thursday. So we go to the, we go to the growers market Thursday morning and we just get whatever looks good.
1: Wow. That sounds yummy. (laughs) So, um, you mentioned that, uh, you're doing some Indian and West African kinds of, um, dishes that are more plant forward. So are the younger residents or the newcomers to senior living a little more adventurous about trying these different global flavors and ingredients?
5: Absolutely. It used to be that it, prior to my uh, tenure at, at this particular community, they would do uh, theme nights, sort of nights where they would uh, have a special event where all of the food uh, on, the, on the buffet that night was from a specific culture. Um, and those were very well received from what I understood. So we thought we would just take the uh, extra step forward and, and integrate them into daily menus rather than making a special event out of it. And they are very well received. I will say though that we really have to be careful in balancing because I've got four generations of seniors in my in my community. I've got people from very few in their late sixties; most enter um, in their early Mm seventies, but all the way up through their hundreds, you know. And when we're looking at people in this long, broad range of of, uh, the socioeconomic, demographic, and sort of decades in which and eras in which they they grew up, um, it, it's it's it can be challenging to feed people who grew up um, and had their formative years in the '60s and also people who had their formative years and grew up in the Great Depression. Right. So it's uh it's it's a very interesting kind of dichotomy to to balance that out. So we we definitely have a meat and potatoes crowd who like their big simple easy to understand and recognizable. And then we have a whole new contingent that wants things to be very varied and very uh, adventurous.
1: Right. Well, do you have actual restaurants in your facility or or several different dining rooms where you do different kinds of meals?
5: We do. We have uh, two large uh, buffet dining rooms that we're, we're actually looking now to minimize the buffet type service and create more of a. In, in one, I'm I actually trying to convince my senior leadership at the corporate level that we're, uh, we're we're better served creating more of a marketplace, almost more like a college and university, where uh, our residents could do a little shopping as well as pick up food to take home, uh, rather than dining in. Uh, and and we do. We also do currently have a sit-down restaurant where people order a la carte uh, meals and where we have table service. And we've also got a nice little walk-up bistro, which is kind of a, a fast casual walk-up, place your order, sit down, and then your food is delivered when it's prepared.
1: Oh, cool. So um, how about uh, flexible meal times? Are residents snacking more now too?
5: Um, that, that's hard for me to ascertain because we don't we don't really have that. We do, the one place that's open, we have two locations that are open all day. The, the, sit, the sit-down restaurant, our Roxanne Grill, as well as our Quail's Nest Bistro. And um, I, I would say that meal times are still fairly um, regular in terms of what is breakfast time, what is lunch time, what is dinner time. We don't see a tremendous amount of people eating in between those meals. But what we are seeing a a real uptick in is is takeout. So mm-hmm. this idea that people don't want to necessarily sit, a you know get dressed um, to sort of make me make a meal an event. Uh, more often than not, they, they prefer to just you know grab their food, sit down and, and go, or grab their food and, and take it to go. Um, we're seeing the the trend of mealtime as a real social gathering, uh, we're seeing that wane, it Mm -hmm. it really is becoming, there's a lot of other activities that as people remain more vital later into their lives, um, there's a lot of other activities that count as social engagement and mealtime isn't really as much uh, of an important piece as it was.
1: Oh, that's interesting so how about um at the bar are you doing more at the bar in terms of food are there more bars in, available to customers and residents
5: now in my particular community our bar is not incredibly robust we do have, we do have a uh, it's, it's actually part of our bistro so this the, our walk up fast casual location also serves beer up tap and wine and so forth mm-hmm. but we don't have um we don't have a full bar anywhere on campus um, you can order a cocktail in any of our dining rooms but it, it, again it's kind of a limited uh, a limited offering and we're not seeing a tremendous amount of I don't think honestly like anything like in many other circumstances I think residents find don't find the value in their dollars mm-hmm. buying the drink from us so they probably continue, they do that at home more often than not so we're not seeing a a real uptick in that right uh yeah well i we I'm, do have a happy we do have a happy hour on uh, mondays oh cool uh, that that where we have live entertainment musical entertainment and we have uh, complimentary hors d'oeuvres and that obviously tends to be very popular
1: uh-huh so you're in charge of making those hors d'oeuvres and creating bar food that goes with the cocktails yes okay so what are some of those are they more like um uh, do they follow with some of the ethnic and global ingredients that you're using or plant form no
5: i'd say I, i'd say not this is really more of a i would say they're much more traditional uh-huh. uh, something we have tried out is sort of a custom bar snack kind of mix that we can put out on those days
1: mm-hmm.
5: uh, but they, they do tend to be sort of your traditional uh, Bar food you know, and they range anywhere from pigs in a blanket to uh, you know to a fried ravioli. But there's also we do some spring rolls and um, and some other stuff like that. So mm-hmm. They are fairly traditional.
1: So going forward into 2020, um, are you going to be doing more plan forward, more ethnic? Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of your menu development that's in the works or that you're planning?
5: I can. I would say that, yes, we'll see more of that because um, my menu scheme is changing. And we're, what we've been doing over the many years, uh, again, preceding me, um, is that we have chefs de cuisine in each one of our restaurants. And so I've got four different chefs de cuisine that are creating their own menus And what we've done now is collaborated on a single menu. So now we're taking, so rather than a particular venue having the personality of the chef that works there, um, and we often hear from residents, oh, I really like the way chef so-and-so does this, and I really like the way, you know, chef so-and-so does that in their various venues, and we'll find that residents are sometimes traveling around for chefs' different versions of their particular dish. Mm-hmm. We're um, we've now collaborated on a on a on a menu that all of the chefs participated in, in working on. So in doing so, uh, we have got we've really kind of spread out the the specialties of each of our chefs across all of our dining menus, and that's going to allow. The menu to travel through the venues versus diners having to travel to venues to get their favorite dishes. And so I'll, I, will, I feel confidently that um, we'll, we'll see those dishes expand out and find new audiences in dining rooms that they may not have experienced it, because we also find that many of our residents dine where they live. So mm-hmm. obviously these, these dining rooms are in the various buildings on our campus, and they don't typically travel around um, from, from building to building looking for other dishes. They typically eat where they are. Right. So I think that they'll, they'll have the experience of being able to uh, have new, be introduced to new things that it potentially weren't before, which will then obviously um, create some more uh, interest and hopefully give us an opportunity to expand those things more.
1: Well, oh, great. Well, thank you so much, Chef Eisenberg. I really appreciate your time. Welcome, Chef Agopian. Let's talk a little bit about taste preferences of newcomers to the Claire versus older residents.
3: You know, they like to get dressed up. They like to go eat foods like foie gras and caviar and have lobster. And, you know, they want to have these types of meats. Mm-hmm. I think with the residents who are entering, uh, senior living now and becoming a part of our community they like those same things but they're a little bit more adventurous with dining right uh, you know they like global food uh global cuisine they still like those fine dine foods but they're a bit more casual right you know they're into um you know a casual experience not too white tablecloth, but they're a little bit more adventurous in their food
1: so, what are some of the you know global flavors that you're introducing? Some of the cuisines that you know pay, like plays into that its adventures.
3: So, when we talk about global cuisine, we don't we we try to stay true to the flavor as possible. So, um, you know where we come from from the Mediterranean, we offer a lot of those foods. Um, you know, we have a, a bean dish called full mm. Um It's just Sava beans and chickpeas in a liquid thickened with tahini. It's served with cumin, tomatoes, onions, uh, and parsley, and we serve it with um, a bread. Uh, it's a dough, but we put a um, a mixture called zaatar on it, uh-huh. and it's ground oregano, thyme, and sesame seeds. And um, you know they love it. It's it, it's vegan. They love it. We do Mediterranean. Um, we do Indian uh, true Indian curries. Uh
4: Um,
3: you know, we get into some of the Latino flavors, you know, when it's in the colder months, we make, um, classic dishes like pozole and we do all these things. Um, other than the Indian influence and, you know, the Latino influence, the Latin influence, uh, and the Mediterranean influence, you know, we do a lot of French cuisine, uh, regional Italian. Uh, we do some Southern things, you know, they like their fried chicken. They like that. So right. as far as the main staple of foods that are on our menu in our fine dining room is the foie gras, is the steak, um, are these things. In our casual dining room, the main staples are the salads, and you know we do fish with brown butter sauce. But we have two specials daily that we have to provide. Um, and this is where we become a little bit more um global with food so nightly we change it up Mm -hmm. and we have to because they dine with us every day so the challenge is you know what are some things that we can bring in not necessarily that's new to them maybe they haven't had it in a while or just these flavor explosions with the curry and and turmeric and all these different spices
1: So how do you get them interested in it? Do you sample so that you know they could taste it beforehand, or do you do demos?
3: Well, we do do demos. Part of being an executive chef, I guess, is being a salesman. <laughs> so you know, we provide, yeah, uh, we provide food that is familiar to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But also, what we want to introduce to new foods. You know, we, we we go to the 53rd floor. We hold demos. You know we maybe cook it and we take some samples out to the diners or i walk to the dining room and tell them about some of the things we're going to be doing in the up and coming days to kind of get them excited about
1: it right that's cool now you mentioned that um, the younger uh, residents are into more casual dining sometimes and so do you have different uh you know, have cafe and a, a sit-down restaurant do you have several different venues for them to choose from
3: we have many dining outlets so mm-hmm. we have a casual bistro we change so all of our um dining outlets we change a menu weekly and daily with a special so we have a casual dining restaurant it's all a la carte um it offers different types of pasta sandwiches um you know seasonally inspired salads and fresh seafood this is a casual restaurant. Mm-hmm. The gourmet restaurant, which is on the 17th floor, it's called the Grasse, uh, that's more of a fine dining experience. And we have a restaurant on the 53rd floor, which is, I'm the only one to cook for, it and it's offered a few times a month, which is the Chef's Diga Station. Oh. So, with and, you know, we use things like liquid nitrogen to prepare the food. You know, we cook almost all the food sous vide. Uh, so it's a little bit more different than what you will find in the other two restaurants, but we we know the age range in our in our community, and we've created the venues to accommodate all different tastes.
1: right. So you mentioned a little bit about you know vegetable forward dishes and how you're doing more um, vegan and vegetarian. So can you give some examples of those?
3: Absolutely. I have um uh, so we my whole career, I've been basing my food basically off produce. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we have so many wonderful vegetable dishes. You know, we just don't do Brussels sprouts. We shave the Brussels sprouts. Maybe we put. Um, there's a cured meat called guanciale. Uh-huh. We we saute the guanciale with the caramelized shredded Brussels sprouts. You know, we put orange that's in there and we put Pecorino romano in there. Mm. So, you know, we have beets. Um, a couple examples of uh, some of the side vegetables that we do will be, again, we'll do roasted butternut squash with apples and we'll serve a curry sauce with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these things. We take vegetables we just make purees with them. When we glaze turnips... Um, I cook on the line many nights, and this is one of my favorite things to do. So when somebody says order, when somebody orders glazed turnips, you know we put the honey in the pan, we wait for the honey to caramelize a little bit, then we put the turnips in. We'll put our sea salt in. We'll mound it with butter, and we'll put some type of fresh herb in there, like dill. Yeah. So these are some of the examples of the dishes that we're doing now. You know we'll roast beets. We'll mix Swiss chard on the with the beets, with extra virgin olive oil, sea salt, um, aleppo pepper and you know either we'll put some type of herb ricotta on there or we'll just put some goat cheese and serve that. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: So it's it's basically our menus which we make weekly we determine what vegetables we're going to put on the menu and then we're going to determine what kind of meats we're going to put on.
1: Right. So do you still have, like, a good burger on the menu if somebody wanted that for dinner?
3: We do have a good burger on the menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a combination of um, chuck, brisket, and sirloin.
1: Mm. So that must be a popular item, too. <laughs> uh,
3: it's popular, but not as... I've worked in many restaurants and, and, and hotels in my career. Um, we don't sell that many burgers at the Claire. Okay. I think They're more interested in, you know, like we were just talking about, uh, the different vegetable preparations, the different legume preparations. You know, we have a lot of lentils. Mm -hmm. We have um, black lotus rice, Himalayan rice, um, lepoi lentil, flageolite beans,
1: Mm -hmm. uh,
3: vegetarian cassoulet, and they're really, they're really into these things.
1: Right. So do you find that the younger residents are more apt to be snacking, too? Do they ask for more snacks and -and grab-and-go foods? Is that something you're doing now?
3: Well, we do that. So there's a couple options that we have because of all the dining outlets. So we do have a grab-and-go. The grab-and-go is open 24 hours. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: You know, we feature fruit cups. Uh, We make all these in the kitchen, and we take it down to the ninth floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have fruit cups. Uh seasonally inspired salads, we have entrees, we have different types of sandwiches. So they do utilize that grab-and-go. One thing I think that they use a little bit more than that grab-and-go, we provide, so if they come to the restaurant and they want to take carry-out, if they either want a fish or a salad or a sandwich, they'll go ahead and order that and then they'll just come and pick it up. So with the combination of the marketplace, and you know this, this carry out from one of our dining outlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, these two areas are very popular, right. especially in the summertime when everybody's. You know our residents are very active, so we see more of this in the summertime than we do the winter.
1: Mm-hmm. So how about the bar? Do you have a couple of bars at the Clare?
3: We have um, we have a bar. Um, we call it the lobby lounge. hmm so it's a full bar. Uh, they can make any drink that you want, from martinis to Rob Roy's, or, you know, we have very fine brandies and cognacs. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we take them to cook. They don't like it, but it's good stuff. So, <laughs> right. you know, we have that. The bars open from 5 to 7.30. 30. Uh-huh. Uh, many of our residents, they do like to dine in the bar because, you know, it, it's a social place. Mm-hmm. We have music playing. Uh, many times we bring a pianist in, or you know, we bring some local musicians and they play there uh, for a couple hours. So, with cocktails, with the good company, and we also do provide a menu for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit more bar food. Mm-hmm. We'll have some of the fine dine appetizers like foie gras, or we'll have the uh, like poached lobster tail for them. Uh, but we also offer different foods. The hamburger is popular in the bar Mm -hmm. because we change the menu weekly. We also have a different burger alongside of that. So one week we'll do a Mediterranean chicken burger, the next week we'll do a salmon burger. Um, These are very popular. There's a burger called the Beyond Burger now which is plant-based protein and that's quite popular as well and that's in the rotation.
1: So that must be something new that you introduced because that's a pretty new product
3: it's pretty new you know we're still finding out things to do with it Um, Uh you know it's a good product it tastes good Um, and you know our residents they like it uh, quite a bit Uh Um, another thing that we do for the bar is we offer different chilies every week so nostalgia is a wonderful thing especially when it comes to comfort foods in winter. Uh So we we offer chili at the bar. So one week we'll do buffalo chili or bison chili. The next week we'll do venison chili. The week after that we'll do a chicken chili. Mm. So we, you know, I think the most important thing when when not just feeding seniors, but feeding the general public. Uh If you, there tends to be a trend that generations go to, but when you still ask individuals, They're still going to have all different opinions. So I guess our challenges, and uh, my boss, which is our food and beverage director, his name is Francesco, Uh and what I look at, we go out and we see what they like. Uh We look at their reactions towards foods. We get into conversations with them. So it's really up to us because we have this large amount of people that we have to feed. We just have to create... Variety. Right. We have to create variety and value. So some fall into the flexitarian, some still want the white tablecloth service, you know, some want grab and go. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, these are all things that are important. I guess it's just up to the, the management to find out what that is and, you know, make sure that the residents are taken care of.
1: Right. I guess they just want more options because that's what they're used to in, you know, before they came into the Claire
3: absolutely so the Claire has to compete you know we not only do we have to compete with the Michelin restaurants, we have to compete with the casual dining or the quick burger mm-hmm. uh, that you can get in the Gold Coast area so you know to be a chef I guess that the Claire you have to wear many different type of hats
1: right well it we sounds like you're, you're doing a good job of that <laughs>
3: Well, we
1: hope so. Yeah. Hope so. How many residents do you feed, um, you know, uh, I guess per day?
3: Well, we we probably do about 23,000 meals a month.
1: Wow. And does that include breakfast too? Do you do a breakfast for the residents? That includes breakfast. So the breakfast that we do,
3: so when they have a free breakfast in the morning. So we set up a buffet for our residents. Uh, which include a Vienna soiree, which is a Danish and a laminated Mm. dose, different breakfast breads, muffins, Danish. Mm. Uh, We have Greek yogurt, and we have flavored yogurt. Uh, We make our granola over there. Um, You know, we have a hot dish that we do, uh, whether it's going to be a frittata or a quiche or, you know, just scrambled eggs. Mm -hmm. Uh, We offer a lot of brie. They love brie in the morning. Mm -hmm. Manchego. We offer... um, berries and fresh fruit and whole fruit and you know it's really it's really a nice setup
1: yeah well um, is there anything else you want to talk about regarding the menu and how you're changing it up
3: I think you know I think I I think the trend is and this is what I feel good about is everybody's learning more about food these days Mm -hmm. Um, you know you can go online and learn so I think I think the trend moving forward or what should be standard as a holistic style of cooking mm-hmm. so when we when we prepare foods and i'm very passionate about this um when we make socks, we buy about 250 pounds of chicken bones a week you know in those bones contain collagen which is very good for your joints it's very good for you mm-hmm. we make all of our dressings now all of our dressings are 100 made in house mm. um it's lower in sodium than the prepared dressings,
1: Right. Um,
3: you know, we'll buy the whole chuck roll. We'll break it down. Um, we'll put the fresh made stock and put all these different vegetables and, and braise it. So, you know, I, I think just a from scratch, holistic approach to cooking, using nothing but fresh ingredients, I, I think that's what we do at Declare. And, and I think that, you know not only senior living places but all restaurant chains and all restaurants should start thinking this way because this is the way that we need to go especially mm. with, with with the diet of everybody
1: right well thank you so much hugo i really appreciate your time and this has been very insightful thanks so much no
3: it's my pleasure my pleasure
0: Campbell's Food Service knows you have a lot to balance at your senior living operation. Our soups are crafted with ingredients you'd be proud to serve, and we have options for diets like reduced sodium, gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan. Find your balance at CampbellsFoodService.com. Sponsored by Campbell's Food Service.